0: Right, right between the eyes.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Blue Wire Buckets Podcast. I am Dan Favalli, co host of the Hardwood Knox Podcast. I am joined tonight by Jason Pat. Um, he is the co-host of the Cash Considerations podcast. And we, together, are joined by Mason Ginsberg, who is the co-host of the In the Know podcast. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. we got two Game 7s coming up. But first, we have to start with KD's injury. Uh, has what was deemed a calf strain, I believe, and is going to be missing Game 6 between the Rockets and Warriors on Friday night, um, I guess first because I'm rude. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm just on and on and on. Uh,
0: do, doing great. A couple, I guess the Sixers. That, I feel like Sixers Raptors has been weird, uh, and then Nuggets Blazers was a fun game. But yeah, besides that, just a whole night of basketball and ready to ready to chop it up.
2: Yeah, um, I I gotta say uh, I I started. I'm old, man. It's these are late. These are late nights <laughs> in nice Central Time, and the only thing <laughs> it is the only thing keeping me alive were the uh, were the Dame shots from 35 feet out. That <laughs> those have kind of brought me back into it. Like holy, holy crap, man! Those, those shots just unreal. And this
0: is the this is the second time I've done the blue wire buckets, and the, my first one was after Dame hit the game winner against uh, the Thunder to end that series. I feel like it's me doing these blue wire bucket spots is good luck for Damian Lillard. <laughs>
1: I am going to say that I resent every single person who lives in Mountain Time and Pacific Time as just an East Coaster. Just every single night watching basketball, I resent every single it's, one. of them.
0: It's tough. It is very tough. That's, uh, I said, "We're yeah, we're in that's we're in Central tough. Time, and that's hard enough." But East Coast is
1: brutal. KD though not going to be available for Game Six, so I think that basically guarantees a Warriors victory. But seriously, how do we, Jason? What is it? Do you see this impacting? It sounds like he's going to be back for the Western Conference Finals. So do you think? if we're just assuming that he's going to be out for the rest of this series, do you think the Warriors can get or will get one of two without him?
0: Uh, I guess I'll still lean towards yes. Uh, I guess Steph like, is going to have to step up big, and he was huge down the stretch after just being absolutely terrible. I mean, I mean, he's obviously been slumping for a while now, and then the start, the last game, and the Warriors were dominating, but Steph was terrible again. He was just missing layup after layup. Like I saw some report, I think it was from Sam Amick, Talking about like who his fingers bothering like more than normal, but then he he stepped up big down the stretch with Katie out, and obviously the big thing is people have been talking about is like with Durant not there, like will we see the war like the Warriors of like 2015, 2016 come back and they don't have as much depth as they used to. All these guys have had a few more years of uh, deep playoff runs in them, but uh, I would I would guess the Rockets will win tomorrow. But back at Oracle uh, for a game seven uh I, I still kind of like the Warriors to win that game even without KD uh I feel like Steph or Claire I mean they still got Draymond Iggy maybe the loon dog will come up big again uh I still think that we're gonna get at least one explosion out of Steph in these next two games and that'll help the Warriors get over the top I've got Warriors in six
2: oh <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know I just think uh I think they're gonna they're gonna catch the the Rockets by surprise here, and I I feel like I've seen Clay Steph struggle more than I'm used to seeing them shooting the basketball this series, and I, I and it's, I think it's just gonna be kind of funny, and it it might all break right for him in one game, and I think it could be uh I, I don't know I just got this weird feeling that that Golden State's gonna come out and win this game potentially big, and 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 Rockets and Rockets Twitter and and all Rockets fan bases just and I, that might be a little bit funny I think.
0: <laughs> they do what's the I saw the stat where they're like when Steph plays and KD doesn't the last couple of years the Warriors are like 20 it was like 29 and 4 or something crazy like that so it's not like they haven't had plenty of success playing with Steph and no KD there and yeah I mean I feel like they'll probably try to revert back to like more of like the Steph style where he's just got the ball all the time and he's running the show and like you said if he goes wild and like the Rockets you mentioned the Rockets just like kind of It'd be funny if they lost. Like, I mean, we. I feel like them blowing, losing this last game was just absolutely horrible. Like, and I could definitely see them like melting down again. And we saw it last year that twenty seven straight threes. Like, if, if they can't, if they really can't win this series now with Katie out, like, and Steph not playing at his best, like, I mean, that, they just need to like pack it up, and their window might be shut soon.
1: Well, it doesn't bode well for them that Steph went mini bonkers in the fourth yeah. quarter of that game. It's like, what if he's just back now because Kevin right. Durant's not there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it might be. I mean, we've, like I said, we've seen KD and the Warriors offense, like as good as they've, they've been as much talent as they have, like the more, more isocentric offense with KD doing a lot of the scoring, like, and stuff doesn't, is out of his rhythm. I don't know what that has as much to do with him blowing all the layups that he's been missing this series. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if he just is dominating the ball and he gets into one of those grooves, like, he could just go off for 40-some points and maybe the Warriors do win tomorrow night. I it certainly would not surprise me. Like, while I think the Rockets will win tomorrow, like, it would not surprise me if we get a vintage Steph game. And, and I feel like one of the talk, I've, a lot of talk on Twitter, is like, Steph hasn't had many, like, iconic playoff moments and stuff like that. I feel like he's he's got a chance to do it right now. So, like, it would not surprise me if we saw something like that out of him.
2: Yeah, and I just think I don't know. I I I was looking at the uh, the point spreads for the games coming up. And it's huge. And yeah, it's it. Well, last I saw was Golden State plus seven. And I feel like that hasn't happened yeah. in a long time. Wow. And I, I That that enough. That to me is reason enough to just take the Warriors. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I guess the one point though, or not the one, but like Jason said, I guess the depth thing could be an issue because when you look back to 2015, 2016 you know, Sean Livingston is not that player oh, no. right now. And so he's been awful and it's who you, it's at, who do you rely on outside of your top five guys right now? It's hard to pinpoint, but I picked the Warriors in five. So I'm just inclined to go with a Warriors victory in six. I feel like it makes me look, my pick look less ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Most spades ain't walking through that door, unfortunately, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I go with War- yeah.
1: I'll
0: go, I'll go with, I'll go with Warriors in, in seven. I'll, 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 I'll say the Rockets will get one more big like Harden performance, and They won't
2: totally piss down their leg, but.
0: I think the Warriors will still end up winning this series.
2: It'd be really funny if instead of like Clay or Steph just going off, Draymond hits like six points. He goes like game and seven. Cavs, he yeah. like 35 <laughs> points. Yeah, they just win in the dumbest way possible.
1: Does Twitter melt down if the Warriors lose? I still feel like as much as people want to talk Does about how the Warriors are more vulnerable than they've been in years past, they're still... So at least to me this sense of inevitability with them but if they actually if they drop two games in a row after going up three two and and holding on to the lead after kevin durant went down in in game five twitter just breaks right
0: i'm sure people will yeah oh god <laughs> i would i don't know that would be funny uh i feel like people would especially like if stuff is bad like i feel like people have been waiting to, it's like waiting to just like shit all over stuff because he's like the golden boy and if they do blow it and he's bad and chokes i guess Feel like people will go crazy, and I feel like it probably would. Like You say KD stays, like I feel like he won't. I've, I, I've said for a while now. I feel like even if they win it this year, and what? No, even if KD did stay, like I feel like the dynasty is basically done after this season. So if they did lose now, like I feel like I don't think that this core would win another title. Like KD probably would leave, and I mean Steph, Clay, and Dre are all all the miles on them, and I know they'll probably still be around for a few more years, I guess, in their prime. But like, I feel like just all
2: these runs, like. Like this would that would basically be it. So I feel like that would be it. Would, it would probably go nuts on Twitter afterwards. I think katie has gone either way, but I think I think the way that dy- dynamic work has been working recently, I feel like it'd be that'd be just like the perfect scenario where where KD finally feels like he he's he's valued the way he wants to be valued. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if they lose if they lose these last two games without him after being up three to two, like oh yeah, wait maybe I will stick around. That. But no, <laughs> no, regardless, he's he's probably I don't gone. think so. <laughs>
1: We do have two Game 7s, though, set. Uh, the Sixers came back in Game 6 tonight, and the score, 112-101, was just not reflective of w- what we saw. They were The Raptors were just destroyed for most of the game. I've been impressed because I picked, this another bad pick, Raptors in five. I've been really impressed with the way that Phillies kind of stay together when it looks like the Raptors have had those, those FU moments and come back. I thought the series was over. Uh, when it was 2-1 or whatever it was and then for them to lose game five and and come back in game six and put forth this when they're just so inconsistent from a from a day-to-day basis or game-to-game basis so who uh Mason who would you pick for game seven in this scenario I know the easier pick is Toronto because they're home but is there like a with the way that Phillies come back in some of these big moments do you lean towards them at all
2: yeah, I mean, it's probably Toronto, but I mean, I will, I'm going to pat myself in the back here because my first blue, uh, this is my second blue wire buckets podcast too. And the second, the first one was just me and Justin. And I remember we were talking about, it was leading up to, to the second round. We we're talking about what, what's the series that, that is going to be the toughest outside of, uh, I, I think we were. I can't remember if there was one caveat we had in there, but like, what's, what's the, oh, besides a uh, Denver Portland. Cause we know that game, that series can be back and forth. Like what's that, what other series is the best chance to really be a hard fought, tough battle. And I mean, obviously now we're getting three, potentially three game sevens, but I, I was, I was pushing the uh, Philly in Toronto and he's, he went back on me saying he thought that was going to be kind of like what you said, that to be Toronto and five. And, um, and he actually maybe kind of think twice about what I was saying. And, and he made some good points about Toronto, but I mean, credit to Philly. They've, uh, like you said, they've taken some punches after going up early in the series, and I, I still think Toronto inevitably wins in, in seven. I think Kawhi is just on another level right now, but I mean Embiid didn't have the best game tonight. He's he, he's been he's had a, a little bit of a tough time against Gasol. I, I I feel like it's on him to really step up and and take the lead if they're going to win this series and really just be the guy for them. Uh, I don't know that that's kind of my X factor if he can do that, but I really think I, I still think Toronto is the team that wins it
0: uh i do agree with you I, I, I like i said at the start of this like this series has just been like kind of hard to figure out like there have been a bunch of blowouts uh just back and forth like this because like after last game game five the raptors just absolutely murdered the sixers and everyone's like all right that's it raptors uh gonna finish this off in six i had Raptors in six so i was feeling pretty good about myself and i did not expect the sixers to come out and really dominate this game like they did and you mentioned mb like he didn't play the greatest say, but he was plus 40 like absolutely absolutely ridiculous plus minus. I mean, it was so funny. It was like they tried the six Brett Brown, tried on a few times and it was just an absolute disaster. And then they had to get Embiid back out there. Uh, and just his presence, even though he, his offense has been kind of a mess. Like you mentioned, Marcus Hull's done a really nice job on him as he, as he has done historically. Uh, Embiid's just defensive presence was great. Uh, and I do also have to give a shout out. Uh, my guy, Jimmy Buckets, former bull was absolutely awesome. In the first half, he kind of, at the end of the first half, I think he had like three three baskets, like in the last like minute or two, kind of just opened up the lead for the Sixers, gave them much momentum heading into halftime. He just a really solid all overall game. He's been really good all series. Uh, and then I, I guess another X factor, I think, it's just Ben Simmons and like his whole mentality. Like I feel like from game to game, just his like energy level or aggressiveness has just kind of wavered. Like he, the Sixers are just so much better when he's when he's flying the basket and he's just dribbling and go, going to the basket and. Getting good looks at the rim, like it's, he's really hard to stop. He's a six nine six ten, super athletic, super fast freak. But sometimes he just kind of fades into the fades into the background and is like invisible. But like tonight, he was super aggressive right from the start. Uh, and I guess the six, it's the Sixers have so much t- like top of the line talent with with that starting lineup. Uh, and I guess it's like you mentioned, if Embiid's got to bring it, Simmons has to bring that same energy. And if and Jimmy Butler, if he has another big game, like I I wouldn't rule out the Sixers winning. But I feel like. You mentioned Kawhi's just been on a ridiculous level, arguably the best player in the playoffs. Uh, and the Raptors, after playing so well at home last game, and just kind of coming out flat tonight, I feel like they'll probably they'll probably put it forth a better effort. I hope we I hope we get a much closer game. I hope we don't get another blowout like we had the last couple of games. But I do lean towards the Raptors as well. But it should be should hopefully be fun.
1: I still, I, it's just so hard to tru- trust on the Phillies players Great. on these game to game bases. Like yep. they're a different team if Ben Simmons is making shots around the rim like he was tonight uh is Tobias Harris ever going to get going in this series? Yeah he's a man. uh and even like and there's even always seems to be like a trade off where it's Jimmy Butler's going to fade off uh or vanish on offense for like two and a half to three and a half quarters, and then he'll just come back and crunch time and and take over. The way the Sixers win is just so bizarre and and not pretty. But uh, if, if Toronto is going to continue to get uh, dog crap from its supporting cast outside of Siakam and Leonard, that's probably a very winnable game then for Philly. I know there have been blowouts in this series, and I don't trust them, but it's been – Philly's bench this series has basically outplayed Toronto's, and that's just – that's it's crazy. That's mind blowing. Yeah, and, and
2: what happened to Fred VanVleet?
1: And like, <laughs> that's been a whole old. season thing.
2: What happened like yeah. he's been
1: missing since last April. <laughs> and
2: and, and yeah. I mean, when it all comes down to it, and this is probably unfair, but Toronto has not given us a reason to trust them yet in a situation like this. So, <laughs> I mean, true. I'm not saying Philly has either because they're just a, they're a very young squad, but it would be very Toronto to lose this game. But I I think they finally they finally do it. I think I feel like having Kawhi.
0: He's just been so good and just like so, just, just awesome in general. I feel like he'll be the difference between another Raptors heartbreak and, and them actually making the conference
1: finals. I, I agree with you there. He's gone, gone if they don't make it to the conference. Oh, I would,
0: I would think so. Yeah, especially the, like the way, like you said, the supporting cast. Like Gasol's been hit or miss. Lowry's been hit or miss. The bench has been awful. Just like yeah, I like, like I don't see. I, I, he might even be gone. I don't, I don't know. It's like I don't know if he. If he sees like a future with like depending on what Gasol does and like Lowry's only getting older, like I am really curious to see what his decision will be this this summer. Even like regardless of what happens,
1: the other game seven we now have on tap: Portland and Denver. I think that was the one that everyone just did. this is a series everyone assumed was going to go seven. It was the hardest to predict. Yeah. Um. Have they've given us uh, a one way too long game in four overtimes tonight? Portland pulls out the one nineteen to. 106 victory they gave up a big lead in the first half and i thought they were going to start falling apart i was like oh this series feels over a little bit but uh they really denver couldn't hit a ton of their wide open threes and then dame did that like dame thing he had the the one huge game in this series but it's been sort of quiet since but he just went nuclear for them in the second half and Rodney
0: Hood shout out to Rodney Hood I was tweeting about him just earlier earlier in the game like he scored 16 points total in that first round series and now he's like shooting over 60 percent I think he had like a playoff in this series I think he had a playoff career high like 22 points off but 25 points off the bench 8 of 12 shooting 3 of 4 from 3 he was a plus 21 and he's been great all series like I said he's shooting like over 60 percent like I know he's always been kind of an inconsistent player. Going back to his Utah days, he was obviously a disaster in Cleveland. And then he was, I think, okay in the regular season. I didn't wasn't didn't follow him that closely after the after the trade. And then like complete no show. I think earlier in the playoffs, I tweeted like Rodney Hood, complete zero. This guy stinks. And now he's making me look like a complete fool in this series. So like, uh, yeah, it, it'll be like the Blazers obviously need that third guy along with with Dame and CJ. And Rodney and Hood's, Hood's been seven up. Zach Collins had a really nice game that day off the bench. Fourteen points, five blocks. Uh, I'm kind of tempted to lean towards the Blazers. I feel like I kind of want to ride with Dame. I know Jokic has been absolutely awesome uh, in this in these playoffs, and the Nuggets already won a game seven, so they've already kind of been through that. But I, I, am kind of just leaning towards Dame. I feel like Dame has just been, he's just, been, I feel like so determined after after last year's just complete flameout against uh the pelicans and i kind of like they're a fun the blazers are a fun story the nuggets are fun too fun young team but i'm just kind of feeling dame i guess if he just needs to get some help and he's obviously hasn't been that that great in this series until i think game one and like tonight he was really good uh so i'm kind of leaning towards them even though it's on the road they'll be a really tough game but i don't know that should be it'll be a toss-up i feel like that that will probably be a close game
2: yeah, I, I I like what I liked about tonight's game specifically with Stotts is his flexibility to go with the guys that were that were working. And so, I mean, yeah you look at the, yeah. the minutes played. I mean, Aminu Harkless both had 17, 16 minutes and they he wrote he rode Zach Collins, he wrote uh, Turner. Uh, and, and obviously, Ronnie Hood's been crazy all series. But I mean, I think that if if the, the Blazers have enough guys to who if they're if if. The group that's playing together is working. Uh, they can they can make it tough, and so I it's it, it's not going to be easy uh, to, to do in, in Denver in a game seven. But uh, I I do I mean I do really like uh, like that that Blazers team, and I would. And it's also tough because if you start thinking about the next series, uh, it's there's so many different matchup implications. Like I feel like I feel like Portland does not match up at all well at all with the Warriors, but they match up pretty decently against the Rockets. And I think the inverse is more true for the for the Nuggets, and so uh, it, it also it depends on how you know. What do you feel about the next series? Uh, how, how do you, do you, are you just looking to see whatever the best basketball is for next round? Or I mean, what do you guys think? I'm curious as far as matchups for the Western Conference Finals.
1: I actually think that Denver's probably like if we're, if it's the Warriors, I'd rather see the Blazers because I feel like. Denver will just get steamrolled. I, by do. I, I think I agree I, with that. <laughs> um, yeah. Because yeah, their best player just doesn't have that, like the Damian Lillard factor. And even you look at CJ McCollum and the shots that they're able to hit are just those are consistently the situations that Golden State's half court defense, when it's engaged, is going to put you in. And Denver doesn't really, they have Jamal Murray, but he is a, a roller coaster ride. Yeah. And then after him, you know, you can't, like, it's Will Barton. Is that your second best? really half court shot creator. I know there's Jokic, but he's not going to face up and hit, you know, these tough off balance looks. And then if it is Houston, I I feel like I still might lean Portland and I feel like that's really disrespectful to Denver but it could be for the same reason if the if the Rockets are really going to continue to slow down the pace though then then I think you could make an argument that Denver would be uh, the more exciting matchup in the Western Conference Finals. Maybe maybe I'm just a
2: bitter Pelicans fan but I, I just remember <laughs> last <laughs> I just remember last playoff series against the Warriors and and seeing I, th- how much size that the, uh, the Warriors have on the wings and just, I don't see how Portland can t- possibly contest. Like they would have to play so many guys who are just together or not playable that playable together on offense to defend the Warriors. And I know the nuggets aren't much better suited for that than the, than the Blazers, but I don't know. I just don't see how they can keep up uh, with cl- uh, guys like clay and KD and how, how big they are on the wings, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I guess if Katie's comes back and he's healthy, I feel like either, either of those teams probably have like zero chance i know the Warriors have been kind of a mess six games against the clippers i think they're gonna go seven here but if they win and get katie back and katie's even like close to himself i, I feel like and we've seen the we've seen the warriors beat the blazers like beat their ass in the playoffs i think what i feel like they played like two, two or three times in the last couple of years i i can't remember i feel like they i feel like they play them like every year in the playoffs just like just like the rockets uh dame is better now and if Rodney Hood keeps playing well, but I feel like either series
2: might be like a five-game series, six at best anyways. Yeah, but your your point about KD is a good one, though, because, I mean, we're all assuming he's back for game one of the Western Conference Finals, and I think that's a bad assumption. Like, I don't think that's – Yeah, right. That seems like – I don't think it's impossible, but it does seem kind of like a long shot based on what I've been seeing about the, the average time missed for an injury like KD's. I mean, he could be out for a game or two in the Western Conference Finals if they make it.
1: This might be mega disrespectful, but if they if it's Warriors Nuggets in the conference finals, I could just see Golden State, uh, doing what they did with Steph a couple years back and over resting him, just sort of like we're not going to play him again until we need him.
0: Yeah, maybe bring him back like wait for Game Three until yeah. they go on the road, think they could win. I guess they've been almost better on the road this as opposed to at home these playoffs. But I, I could definitely see that as well. Was, yeah, I guess you, the point like, they said he'll be reevaluated like next week. I think was what. They put out there, and I guess we really don't know what that like when next week. Like, what does that mean? Because I think I think Game One of the Western Conference Finals is Tuesday, I believe. So like, I feel like him bring coming back in Game One might be. I feel like definitely (laughs) is probably not going to happen. Maybe maybe Game Two and maybe even Game Three is more realistic. I don't know.
1: Do we have time? Anyone want to stay around for some Boston? Oh, absolutely,
0: absolutely.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just. I don't. Well, we need to throw it to Jason because I feel like he seems most enthusiastic about this. But that was not, as someone who just thought the Bucs winning against them was a foregone conclusion. Talk about laying a dud for the Celtics. They just the body language, their offense was just this ugly slog. I they were. I think the best way to put it is impressively horrendous over the final four <laughs> games of that series.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it's crazy because after like that first game, like everyone's like, "Oh, the Bucks in trouble! Like they're not ready. They're frauds." The Celtics are finally coming to get, because the Celtics had won their first five games of the playoffs. They beat the Bucks ass in Game One in Milwaukee, and then Milwaukee just destroyed them. The Celtics were a complete joke, and rest of the way. uh yeah, I, I honestly I, I I as much as I loathe the Celtics and just like had rivalries with their fans in like in past years and like wanted them to flame out, I did think I like I kept waiting for them to come together this season. I and I kinda did buy into it. After sweeping the Pacers, I know the Pacers were a weak first round matchup without Oladipo there, but then they come in and they blow out the Bucs in that game one, I thought, all right, this like I, I picked the Bucks in seven. Uh, I like I'm fully on the Bucks bandwagon I think they're gonna go to the finals no matter who comes out of that other series Uh, and I I wouldn't honestly be surprised I guess if they win it all at this point and they've just been so good I feel like that game one of that series I think was the Bucks just like going from the Pistons series where they like just didn't have to try at all it was just kind of like a shock to their system when the Celtics actually played well and like played real defense and the Bucks were just had a few days off Uh, yeah I mean and the Kyrie stuff is obviously like the big story here like Everyone thinks Kyrie's leaving. There was this story that came out today from uh, I think it was Jeff Goodman had just got a bunch of tossing Kyrie under the bus. Like there was like Cav sources were like, oh he's immature, like can't coach him. anonymous Celtics player was like, I, you know it's really hard to play with them because it's all about him. And then like somebody like a Celtics staffer uh, said something about how like he, he sucks the air out of the locker room and it's like Kyrie's stuff has been weird all year. Like he's a weird guy. Uh, and he was terrible, all serious. Like I can't I don't remember his shooting percentage off the top of my head, but uh he was, his shooting percentages were awful. And he had just the weird quotes uh after uh I think it was after game four, I think, or was it might have been game. I think it was game four when he's like, Oh, like who cares like how I shot or whatever. He said just it was such a weird vibe in Boston all season. And now, like after this, like I mean, is Kyrie going to leave? And like they're obviously the Anthony Davis of Mason, like you obviously know all about the Celtics stuff with that. Like, I'm very curious to see like if the Celtics, if Kyrie leaves or if they don't have, if they don't have any assurances from him, like what they're
2: going to do about like trade offers for Davis. It'll be really interesting to see. Yeah. And like, so I thought my, my, my expectation was that Boston would have a good shot to win game one. And then I, I thought it would be a series that I, I thought the box would win, but I thought it would be a more competitive series yeah. throughout than it was. Um, but yeah, as that, that's obviously what I'm interested in regarding Anthony Davis and uh, what what the what happens obviously because is Kyrie staying? Is Kyrie going? Does that matter? It, I mean, the Celtics have had this plan to go trade for AD for so long, and yeah. it, I mean, do they just do it and, and say, "All right"? And I, I mean, I think once the lottery is the first shoe to drop, and then uh, do you just ag- agree to the trade in principle, assuming you make the best offer in June? And just hope that that convinces Kyrie to stick around if, if you actually want him to stick around after what happened. So it's, it's, it's really the order of operations here is, is going to be super interesting. But yeah, I mean, I, this is I, I think as a if you're a Pelicans fan rooting for the best possible outcome for the AD trade, I think you were hoping for a more competitive series here than what you got, because now it's it, there's a bunch of questions flying around. Whereas if the if the Celtics had lost the Bucks in, say, seven games in a good series, that's a little more enticing for for Kyrie to stick around, saying, "Okay, let's flip a couple of these young guys for AD, and we're in business." Now, I mean, that might still be the case, but it's le- it's a lot less of a convincing argument.
1: I mean, do you even want Boston's young guys at this point? Jason Tatum's <laughs> out there doing his best
2: Chandler Parsons oh, impression. It was we're different. going there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I think it, I mean obviously not to go too deep into the AD trade scenarios, but it, I mean, apart from Zion being the number one prize uh, if the Knicks win the lottery, uh, I, I mean. The Celtics pack still has to be up, the number one up there. I mean, I mean, Tatum's twenty, Jalen Brown's twenty-two. Those guys are still. I mean, even though Tatum clearly had a step back in his sophomore year, that happens all the time. Um, so, I, you know, I, I I think that's still a, a very enticing group altogether. But maybe it's not as enticing as it was before. And now, that I mean, if anything, hopefully it gives the Pels a little bit more leverage to ask for ask for more in negotiations. But we'll see.
0: I did, didn't realize Tatum shot like 10% from three in that series. Good Lord. That was, he was good in the first round against the Pacers, but he was really bad. And, and it's just like, so almost tough to judge like Tatum and Brown uh, just like, because what the whole, I'm mean just, the whole team was just, just not right from the start. They, I feel like they just never figured out the, the proper roles. Like t- clearly they're, they're still very enticing young players and perhaps if, with more freedom. And if they were like more of the top guys, they would be better. I guess he, I don't know if you do worry about Tatum being like almost just like, he was like so good as a rookie where it set up the expectations like really high. And then he had like, so he had the struggles this year. He worked out with Kobe and
1: yeah, all, just keep your young players away from
0: Kobe. <laughs> all the mid range shots that he was chucking up and it didn't, didn't go so well from this year, but it definitely is kind of <laughs> tough to judge. Those lady trade negotiations will, def- will definitely be very interesting to watch and see how that all plays out with, the free agency aspect of it as well. I'm really looking forward to it. Looking forward to this off season. And I mean, I was as a bulls fan, the bulls were absolutely miserable to watch this season. So I'm, it's been really great to have good playoff basketball and the off season should be a lot more fun than my awful regular season that I had to pay attention to. It was, it was really bad.
1: <laughs> Do either of you really quickly have a gut feeling or think is Kyrie? Everyone thinks Durant is gone. Do either of you have any strong feelings on Kyrie's future? <sighs>
0: I feel like there's a better chance that he stays I guess. Uh I don't know. If they do get Anthony Davis, I mean, I guess I just don't know. It's just so hard to tell what like what he really wants. He just seems like such an enigma like after like, he did he didn't want to be with LeBron and he like wants his own team and like get out of LeBron's shadow and then he like gets his own team like a really talented team and now he flames out. There's all these rumors. Is he going to go like play with Durant in like New York somewhere or is we go to like Brooklyn. It's like a... that'll be the most depressing
1: team if that's what happens. Madison Square Garden just emanates depression as it is, and if you put Cranky Pants, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving in there, yeah,
0: I was just think, It was uh, after the Goodman after the Goodman article came out, I was talking briefly with Sam Light Years. We we're talking about how, like the vibe, some of the vibe with like Kyrie has kind of been similar to what what it's been like with Katie, and it seems like those two guys like feel like they'd either be just like really really good, maybe they're like perfect for each other, or it would just be like. A, absolute epic disaster especially in new york with all all the media attention there like it would definitely be very entertaining like i would kind of love to see it just see how they maneuver with, with with a team like the knicks playing at the garden with all that crazy new york media but i mean i don't i don't know it's it'll be interesting
2: yeah i mean i still slightly lean towards him staying but that's only because at this point it really feels like it's new york or boston and uh i I think we'll learn more as uh, as we get closer to free agency. and Maybe there are other teams that are pl- in play here, and if we if if real contenders emerge, and they might, uh, besides New York or Boston, I think that might the story might change. But as of now, I I I do lean slightly towards thinking he'll stay. But I it's I I think we have to let the dust settle. Everyone's really mad at him right now. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like, and so I I think the leagues will be epic if he leaves. Yeah, maybe oh, yeah. that'll subside. Yeah, Carter's Carter's point yesterday was great about how like the Celtics threw Isaiah Thomas under the bus <laughs> when yeah. they traded him. Can you imagine what uh, what's going to happen if uh, Kyrie just bolts? All the all the dirty laundry that's going to be aired.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess like the five. It should be funny. I guess like the five year off. Like, I would you offer like if you're the Celtics, would you give him the full five year max at this point? I, I know I read some report. I think it was might have been from like Mannix, who's obviously a bit of a like Celtics homer. They're like, oh no doubt, like. We'll still give. We'll give Kyrie still full five year max deal. I mean, I feel like maybe that would entice him, but like if they don't give him that, I feel like definitely probably gone. Like, like. I said, would you guys give him that at this point? I guess I still might. I don't know. It's after.
1: I'm pretty sure I would just because that contract's going to be movable over yeah, his entire life. Yeah. I mean, he's still it, young. it takes him through his age 31 yeah. season. I think yeah. so. I don't know if he's the guy that you can argue that this season for the Celtics was. You know the the expectations they were one too high, and then they were never really adjusted. And we didn't talk enough about how you know Gordon Hayward had to go undergo another surgery in May, Um, and Paul George even said it took him two years to recover from his injury. And then all of these guys, Kyrie Irving included. They're not – except for Al Horford, they're not at the point in their careers where they were made to sacrifice or be more plug-and-play. They're all billed – I mean, Terry Rozier maybe build more between the ears as a star, but they're all billed as like these high-end players, and they were basically all playing for their next contract. So I think you could chalk this up to an, an anomaly, but the fact that I think you'd be able to move – Kyrie would be like, hey, let's just give him yeah. the five year deal and uh, if it doesn't pan out, we can always trade him after year one if we need to.
2: Yeah, I mean it's that that's the key for me, is that like the, the guy's a star and he's he just turned twenty seven in March and so you've got him through, yeah, like you said, his age thirty one season is the fifth year, and that's like and that's that's straight through your prime. So I mean, unless there's some sort of catastrophe, I i I think I think that's a contract that you
1: that you do sign up for. Well, that'll do it for us. I am Dan Favalli. Uh, That was Mason Ginsburg and Jason Pat. Uh, We hope everyone enjoys the Game 7s that are coming up, and we will talk to you all on the next episode of Blue Wire Buckets.